0: Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Philip Herndon. If you would like to partner with us, please check out our app, our website for ways. to get uh, is, is this mic in the right spot? Am I good? All right, buddy. I'm not used to having like a, a headset mic on. <clears throat> Somewhere in worship I lost my voice because I cried the whole time. Huh. Wow. Um, I don't like preaching that much. And here's why. It's okay. It's okay. Because you know? when I say that, people are like, you're good at it. I like when you do it. And that's okay. I don't need that. I'm fine. I'm, I'm super confident and stuff. I just, I just don't like it because it makes me an emotional mess. <laughs> and I, you're going to hear a couple of things today. You're going to cry really a lot and then I'll laugh a lot. Then I'll say some jokes and stuff and then I'll cry again and I'm okay. I don't need to go to special treatment. That's just kind of, that's kind of my style. So I'll just warn you. I was, I was over here crying, man. Shoo. <laughs> Already, Tom. Dude, only other person that cries more than me is Tom. I'm all right. I don't need tissues because I, I don't, yeah, I appreciate that. Don't put those down there. I don't even. them. Um, so I was in worship and just so grateful. Yeah. Just so grateful. I was sitting there, man. I'm like, shh, man, to see what God's done. Yeah. See what God's done. 17 years I've been a worship pastor. And uh, man, I've never seen anything like what he's built here. And if I can just, just take one minute just to brag. And I, I don't get to preach often, so I'm going to brag today. And it's not on me. It's on, what, it's on God, what he's building. So I am the associate pastor here, but I'm also the worship pastor. And not to get confused with our associate worship pastor, Tyler Hornberger. It's a little confusing, but it makes sense if you think about it. And I get this question a lot. I so say people are like, hey, why so many worship pastors? And I want to help explain that a little bit before I jump into my message. Is that OK? OK, we'll talk a little bit about what God's building, what he's doing. Man, today's going to be a fun day. I'm going to, I'm going to get through the cry stuff, and we're going to learn about Jesus. Wow. OK. So uh, right in, it's fine. Is Greg here? Oh my gosh. Um, so okay, so I've been a worship pastor for 17 years. Um, God's doing something beautiful here. everybody know, everybody know my family too. I have, uh, I have a beautiful wife, Carrie. She's right over here. Carrie, say hi to Carrie.) <clears throat> I have four kids. My oldest daughter leads worship yeah. in the, in the uh, youth group. Yeah. She's there. My youngest daughter um, is probably playing drums in children's ministry right now. No joke. Wren. And then my boys are just wild. So I, we'll just pray for them. <laughs> They're going to be okay. You know, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Jesus, we don't have to worry. Right, God? Okay. And they're great, too. They're great, too. So much passion, man. Um, but uh, here's what God's doing at Providence. It's, it's super unique. You know, we're seeing a ministry like something I've never seen before. Um, I believe in what God's doing in Pennsylvania, South Central Pennsylvania. I believe that he wants to start a, man, a, a worship movement that affects the nation and the world here. And that's why, we're, that's why I'm here. And, uh, man, what he's doing We have 16 worship leaders here at Providence, and that's just the main stage. We have more that lead worship in the prayer room, in children's ministry, in youth ministry. 16 is a lot. (laughs) Um, We have about 50 musicians that call Providence home, that lead worship all around. And that's that's a ton. We send, people don't know this, but we send, um, we send, Worship leaders every Sunday to local churches, tons of local churches. Right now, there's worship leaders worship leaders and musicians that are playing in other churches this Sunday morning because uh, that's the call of the ministry that we have. People don't know that. Did you guys know that? That's cool. Uh, right now, Caleb and Bethany are at Harvest, so we say hi to Harvest, and uh, we got people all over. That's beautiful. Um, we uh, Man, there's songs coming up. There's songs being written in this community there's so so much amazing stuff. Um, the girl here this is this was Morgan up here who was leading but tied up here like where 's Morgan from Well?" Tyler, um, she was Tyler's intern. Tyler raised Morgan up and she's up here on stage. And that's the model that we have. So all of our worship leaders, all 16 are required to raise up the next generation. We're not here just for a platform. We're not here for a stage. We're not here because we like to sing, okay? We're here because we wanna see generations fall in love with Jesus. We wanna be the platform that launches a movement of worshipers around the nation. And we believe that if we can uh, create a space it's not about how do you serve what I want, but how do I serve what you want? That's what our worship ministry is about. So we have people come in and I get that question a lot. Man, why is the worship ministry so big? And my answer is like pretty simple. It's because we care about people more than we care about what they can do for us. And that's what we're building. And that's what I'm excited to be a part of. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I can't say that over the years, 17 years as my wife and i have been in ministry i can't say that it's been easy it actually has not been really really easy and there's been many times that we've i've gotten offers you know to be head pastor of a church or to go to california or whatever it is and lead big churches and that kind of thing and i feel so certain that i'm called here that god's going to birth something so beautiful here there's going to be a worship movement that rises up here in this place and I'm so certain. So my wife and I are called here. We're steadfast. We're, we're here to see God do unbelievable things with worship. So uh, that's a little backstory. Also, no one knows, and I, I wasn't going to share this, but I, I talked to Tyler about it. Um, we, we also, as a worship community, we just signed a record deal with Integrity. Um, and so as we release music, we release it worldwide now as a ministry and, uh, and we're actually, the beautiful thing is, is that we're not searching for, we weren't searching for a work record label. Um, God just provided one. And so it hasn't been, even in all the traveling time, we travel a ton. We just got back from Kansas City, all this stuff. We've never made one phone call, one phone call to book, a, a, a traveling engagement. We literally have a group of people, and it's astounding, a group of people that like completely, completely love Jesus. And... Uh, Want what he wants. And so, sorry to, to brag a tiny bit. And, and it's not, I really, it's not bragging in me. I, I honestly don't know how this happened other than that we, the simple things of trying to raise up a um, generation of worshipers who love Jesus and not using them for what they give, but uh, using us as a launch board for the call of God on their lives. Is that cool? Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Exciting. Um, So yeah, you know, ministry hasn't been easy, man, the things, the trials, the, you know, I've had friends that have, uh, you know, betrayed me. I've had uh, people say a lot of really, really mean things. Uh, I've had my name slandered. I've been lied about, accused. I've been threatened, you know, of all these things. I've had people that want to kill me over what I do here. And so you think that that's just other parts of the world, South Central Pennsylvania can be Rude. (laughs) So that's something. Number one thing, though, that number one thing that happens when I talk to people, the number one thing people are most frustrated about with me, and there is a long list, um, is uh, I'm just playing now. Um, The number one thing, though, that I get is people come to me and say, "Philip." I am mad at you. And I say, oh my gosh, why would you be? Because I, I don't know you. <laughs> that happens. And then, uh, and, then, and then they say, here's why I'm mad, Philip. I'm mad because you're forcing me to worship Jesus. You're forcing me. And I say, oh my gosh, I, like worshiping Jesus, it's, it's not about what I want for you. It's about what Jesus wants from you. And so there's this thing that we feel like We feel like in this culture, you know, in South Central PA, let's talk to South Central PA, okay? In South Central PA, we have this thing where, and I'm guilty of it too, I've had to come out of it, where we feel like um, that worship is about how we feel. We worship like we can come to worship and we're totally justified in saying, when I come to worship, I'm totally justified in saying, I just don't feel it today. And that's what it's about, but it's not, (laughs) And so the reason I call people to deeper levels of worship is because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And it's about, he, he, he desires to be worshiped and he desires to be worshiped a certain way. And so today, that was my whole intro, by the way. Today, this is, now we're gonna get to the message. Look at that. So today, you know, we're gonna talk about that. I think if I titled it, I would call it Give God What He Wants, Please, Church. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that'd be the title. So come on, let's pray that, all right? And then let's 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 preach. Let's do this thing. I'm gonna stomp. Oh man, I get I, I, half of me wants to turn around and grab a guitar. I promise, and just hold it and yell. By the way, when I yell on stage, it's, it's not that I'm angry. It's that I'm passionate. I, like, I, my, I go from like this to like, ah, like really quick. It's fine. It's another thing. I, I do go to soul care too. I, I, I do. I do. I had this thing on my wall. I, this is in my, I'm, I'm going to pray. I had this thing on my wall that... That was this, this guy riding a horse and he had arrows all in him. And it was expensive. It was like, <laughs> it was like I, I want it. Oh, man, I need to have it. It's this Oxford pennant. I'm into pennants. If you see my office, I have pen, pennants up. And it was like probably $180, something like that. Okay. It's on the wall. And like, yeah, I spend money weird. And it's weird. But, but. I'm in soul care and Steve is like, what's that on your wall? I was like, oh, that's my favorite little pennant. I love my pennant. Look at it. And it's me. I'm a worship leader and had this guy on a horse with arrows in his back. And Steve is like, that's not of God. And I was like, well, it's expensive. So we're keeping it. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, uh, and then he, uh, he didn't let me keep it. So we burn it. <laughs> But that wasn't in my message. That was just a a side note. If you're worried about me, I am in soul care. I did burn that pennant. I'm being a good listener. Um, So Jesus, we love you, God. Man, we thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you that you can do all things. And today... We want to learn what it means to give you what you want, God. We don't want to be people that come with our own agendas. We don't want to be people that, that, uh, that uh, just come for selfish reasons before you, God. We want what you want. So right now in this place, God, we ask for understanding, for open, clear minds to hear in these little moments what you have for us, what you want from us. And we absolutely love you, God. In your name, amen. Let's get started. Whoa. I like, the, I like the clock countdown in the back because it makes me like super like like I have to win a race or something. And it's, it adds a new level. Whoa. I feel like I'm being chased. You guys see the clock in the back? Just look if you don't. You're allowed to look at it. I have 27 minutes or I get buzzed. That's going to be good. I'm just kidding. That upsets Tom. I'm sorry, Tom. Tom, All right, it's fine. All right, so I mentioned my wife, Carrie. Carrie, stand up and wave to everybody. Come on, honey. She's super. She's, she's not shy. Fantastic. She is, uh, we've been married for 19 years this summer. Fantastic. I've learned a lot of stuff about my wife in 19 years, right? So in relationships, like you have to actually learn, um, you actually have to learn about the person you're in a relationship with. And in 19 years, I've spent a lot of time learning. I, I, here we've been married 19 years, we're probably dating for like 22 years because we dated for three years and that's the math. <laughs> um, so, right, right. So a couple things I learned about my wife. Number one, she's like completely different than me and that's okay, right? Like the things that I like are not the things that she likes. Um, like I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty loud. She's pretty quiet. I go at a fast pace, a super fast pace. I'm constantly going, going, going. I have, right now I have 10 things that I'm working on. I have a book that I'm writing. I have this, uh, worship albums, live on the hill, all this stuff. It's actually upsets Steve, so I'm not gonna talk about it. I do too much. And, and it's okay. And, and uh, Carrie doesn't do that. Carrie goes at a very slow pace. When I come home, it's like, hi, Philip. And I'm like, Carrie, I'm a little hyper right now. I don't wanna do this. And she's like, it's okay. Let me pray for you. That's kind of how it is. And it's good, and I love it, and I'm fine, okay? (laughs) One one thing, she's fantastic. She's so fantastic, and she's put up with a lot. Um, One thing that I know about Carrie is that she likes flowers, Okay, here's the thing. She likes flowers, but not just any flowers. She has a preference on what kind of flowers that she likes. She likes flowers from a certain place called Hidden Springs. And if you work at Hidden Springs or you own Hidden Springs and you hear this message, I will take donations. You are very expensive. Okay. (laughs) Um, I would love that. But listen, I can't just like if I, I know my wife. Okay. And I can't just get her giant flowers. Okay. I can't do that because she doesn't, that doesn't move her heart. <laughs> what moves her heart is flowers from Hidden Springs. And so I go to Hidden Springs, okay? And they don't really keep normal hours. They have a roadside stand that never has flowers in it when I stop. <laughs> and if they do have flowers in it, um, they, uh, you have to pay with PayPal, which I don't have. And you would think that I would remember, but I never do. Uh, and so I can't buy them the normal way, so I steal them sometimes. No, no. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't do that. It's good. I've never stolen from you, Hidden Springs. I need money. Um, Okay. So then... If, they're not, if it's not there, then what I do is I drive down this long lane and they have a little shop. And every time I'm in the shop, I'm the only guy in there and I feel really weird. And so I go in the shop and I'm like, give me your flowers, really? You know?" And they're like, sir, are you trying to rob us? And I'm saying, no, I just want your flowers for my wife. She's pretty. And that's how it goes. It's an ordeal. What I would like to do is go to giant when I'm picking up the meat I'm supposed to grill that evening and get her flowers from there. But that wouldn't move my wife's heart. Okay. What moves her heart is knowing her preferences, knowing what she likes and giving her that. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not mad at Carrie because, uh, I'm not mad because she likes hidden Springs flowers. It doesn't bother me. It's a preference of hers. And even though it, it costs money and it's, out of the way and it's hard to get flowers, I find joy in it. I find joy in it because she's my wife and she loves it. Here's the thing. We're talking about worship today. God is not an impersonable cosmic force that we pray to and we cast wishes his way. That's that kind of, that's running rampant in the church. He's not that God is a person with preferences. Jesus is a person with preferences. Holy Spirit is a person with preferences. And we have to stop treating him like some mystical force. And we have to start finding out what moves his heart as the church. That's our responsibility. So, come on, like a lot of us say, you know, easy. Religion, I like, you know, it's relationship, not religion. We don't really know what we're saying because religion's easy. I wish we had, I wish I could do religion <laughs> because even with my wife, if I'd have married my wife and I would have gotten a list of what to do, you know what I mean? And just this, 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 and this, okay, that, and if you do this, this, that, you know, that would have been super helpful, okay? Religion would be awesome. But God calls us to relationship with him, which is wildly difficult. If you, if you want to say, I want relationship over religion, then you have to be willing to find out God's preferences. You have to be willing to, to sacrifice looking cool. You have to be willing to like, go to Hidden Springs Flowers and give him the most expensive flowers money can ever buy, gold dipped and everything else. They're beautiful. I love them. Hidden Springs. <laughs> You have to be willing to. We can't just say as the church anymore that, that we want to be in relationship with you. Well, if you want to be in relationship, start talking to God and asking him what he likes. And that's, that's my heart for worship. You know, he doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us to do all this stuff alone. He gives us the Bible. There are so many things in the Bible about God's preferences. There are so many things like about how God wants to be worshipped. There are so many things like that. And we get the honor to draw close to his heart because we're in relationship with him and say, God, it doesn't make sense to me, but I just give it to you. I just give it to you. Man, he's worth it. He's worth it. So... We're gonna crack the surface today. I'm still in the intro, by the way. I can't, I like intros. <laughs> um, we're gonna crack the surface today and we're gonna look at a couple of things in the Bible, some preferences God has. We're gonna talk about them a little bit and then we're gonna do a response time where we just get to give God all sorts of awesome stuff. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, everybody's with me. Oh boy, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's look at Psalms uh, Psalm one forty one one to two. Can we start there? Let me give you a little background for this. Um, this is a Psalm of David. Um, so David wrote this. This is his Old Testament. This is before David had the presence of God with him. Right? Okay. So. David was probably out in battle when he wrote this and being away from the holy of holies, the presence of God, he was lovesick because he has relationship with God. He knows who he is and he knows what he likes. And so he's lovesick for God. Okay. This is where we pick this up. And, uh, let me see. Th- there's another thing too. Okay. Yeah. So he's missing God and, he, this is, he's gonna talk about the tabernacle, okay? And here's a couple things about the tabernacle. When we read this, this is all preference. I'm not as good at this kind of stuff as I'm telling stories, so stick with me. Um, so the layout of the tabernacle is this. There's the Ark of the Covenant, that's the Holy of Holies, okay? There's a big curtain, it's really, really big, and that, that separates it. And then on the other side, there's incense, and the priest's job is to keep the incense burning. Are we good? Everyone good? Um, Okay, Uh, Kelly, you do a better job at explaining that, but we just tried, okay? Um, So let's pick it up. Psalm 141, one to two. Oh Lord, I am calling to you. Please hurry. David's like desperate for the Lord, okay? He's been away from him. Please hurry. Accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening sacrifice. Let my prayer rise like incense, okay? Like the bowl, like the incense at the priest outside the Holy hole. is that my prayer be that. And that my hands let me go back there. And that my uprised hands as an evening offering to you. David knew what God liked. Do you realize that I want to just talk about the hands, okay? David knew that hands aren't just like this Christian thing that we created. Hands are one of um, hundreds of things that God created to give him glory, okay? So he realizes, he, he, he communes with God. He realizes that, that God, I don't know why, but you like my hands. And so he says, let me raise my hands as, as the evening, what is it? E- evening, whatever, I, I'm, sacrifice? Come on, Nathan. <laughs> Big brother down there. So I give you my hands. And, you know, I, I think that there's something. There's something about the hands. You know, there's a, one of the Hebrew words for praise is to wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. And we love it. Am I right, Nay? And uh, (laughs) the hands are actually super, super important. Um, Let me get this out here. Uh, It moves his heart. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to, I'm going to keep moving on, Okay. Hands are important in worship. Raising our hands actually moves the heart of God. When we raise our hands, it's like God's hidden spring flowers. It doesn't have to make sense to you. When you come to church and you see people raising their hands, it's not so that you see them from the back. <laughs> it's because they know it moves the heart of God, okay? And so God's calling a church to give him his hands. It's one of the things. He's, he's calling the church to give you your hands. So when you come to worship, if you don't know what to do and you show up to worship, just do this, Jesus Give them to you. I know this moves your heart. Let's start there. Okay. It's not like I'm so tired of American Christian culture, like kind of ruining things that are Jesus, you know, and the hands are. And so my encouragement to you is a very simple step. Number one, give God your hands and worship. Cool. Let's go on to step number two. Oh, I have a little note here. Um, I, I love Coldplay. Um, our, we're, we're, we're like born to raise our hands. If you go to a Coldplay concert or any concert, first thing people do when the band comes out is raise their hands. Like, it's like, it's such a mystery to the church. <laughs> Why would we do that? That seems so weird. But that's the same person that's like, oh, Coldplay. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have it wrong. And uh, give God your hands. Okay, sorry. That's one of many. Um, Things. So let's do this. Let's go to 1 Peter and put that up here. And we'll look at this. Man, we are having so much fun. I want to throw up. Oh, did I say out loud? Okay, yeah, that was an inner thought. Yes, sir. Um, we'll keep going. Give Jesus your hands, church. That's my transition back. 1 <laughs> Peter 2, 5 says this. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Oh, Bible, why don't you get more, um, more descriptive? Why, I can't figure out what you like, God. Spiritual sacrifices, please, God. That's right there. That's good. You are priest. You actually, let, let, let me just say this. If you believe in God, it doesn't matter if you are going to school for welding. It doesn't matter if you're a youth pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a worship leader. Your job title as a believer in Jesus is a priest. Okay? Let me just explain this. This is how God designed it. Now, let me remind you that it doesn't have to make sense for it to be right. Your job title is priest. And if you want to live out the calling of God on your life, start to operate like priests before the Lord. What do priests do? Well, they, they minister to God and they minister to others. That's their job. That's your job. doesn't matter where you're called to in life. You're called to minister. Okay. And so that changes things as a worshiper. Okay. When it changes mindset. So when you, when you realize that, I, when I come here Sunday mornings wherever I go my, my job is to be a priest before the Lord it changes everything it does it, it changes our mindset from coming to a service and saying well I didn't like that song <laughs> and so the service wasn't that good or you did too many new songs or Nathan you didn't do good or whatever you know which isn't the case he always does good best preacher I know right here and so <clears throat> and I know a lot of them um, so it changes your mindset when you realize that you're a priest, okay? Your job is to come here Sunday morning. Your job is to leave here Sunday afternoon. Your job is Monday morning to minister before the Lord. Your job, if you would come here like that, it would change everything for you to be a priest, okay? Does everybody understand that concept? Okay, um, and let's, let's kind of explain that. Hebrews 13, 15, okay? Um, let's read that. Therefore... Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. He wants priests who offer sacrifice of praise. He wants us to come when it hurts and give him a sacrifice of praise. He wants us to come when it's joyful in our hearts and give him a sacrifice of praise. He wants our praise. And it, 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 the thing about praise is that it's bigger than how you feel, it's bigger than how you feel. your job here is a priest, and your job is to bring a sacrifice of praise before him so honestly the, <laughs> this um what, what if when we really read the Bible, it actually changes r- really how worship should be, honestly like I think biblical worship would look like this. You guys come in here so hungry, so fiery, that the song starts before the band plays and the band plays catch up the entire time. And we facilitate and we're up here like, we have MD, let's go, where are we going? We're singing, open the eyes of my heart. Oh my gosh, okay, boom, boom, boom. We're ministering, ministering, ministering. You guys are the worship leaders. We're the facilitators. That's actually a biblical model for worship. God wants us <laughs> to be priests before him. He wants us to minister to him as our number one goal. Church, we we have to stop thinking that everything is about us. It's okay to say this. It's not. And today you're here and that's beautiful, but it's not about you. It's not about me. And I can just say that, man, it's it's about Jesus. It's about God. It's about what brings him praise. It's about getting to know, being in relationship with the person that created everything that he invites you into, that he wants you to be a part of. That's what it's about. And church, if if we get these concepts that you're a priest, no matter what you do, your job is to minister before the Lord in all that you do, okay? And uh, it's gonna change everything. So let's, let's review. I, I gotta do this for my sake because I'm not a great teacher, but I like to do this, okay? God wants our hands. Come on. So if you're driving in the car with uh, your non-Christian friend and a worship song comes on, try to give him Jesus your hands right there. Jesus, you like. And if it says something weird, just say, you love this. God loves this and it'll be weird. And that's cool. Um, give them your hands, though. You know what I mean? If fall if, if else fails, give him your hands. And honestly, hands are just one, one little tiny thing. Like there's dancing. I wouldn't dare do dancing today because I don't have to dance. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Um, <laughs> there's dancing. There's all this stuff. But give God your hands. That's a great start. Um, and when you come to worship, we're supposed to come like priests come. Okay? And so that's two little points. Let's do another point. Um, Here we go. Let's turn to Psalm 57, 7 to 10. All right. And it'll be up there on the screen. Everybody doing okay? Uh, I don't feel like phone up anymore. That was just a minute that passed. Uh, Right, Ange? Um, All right, so let's read this. Here's another thing. Like We're we're just doing a really simple Bible study. You guys can do this on your own. You should do this on your own. It's going through the Bible. Oh my gosh, God, you want that. You like that. You like when I do that? Oh, that's awesome. Let me circle that. Because just like how I have to figure out how to love my wife best, your job is to figure out how to love Jesus best, okay? So when you go through the thing, don't just highlight things because you want your Bible to be highlighted. Circle things, highlight them and say, oh my gosh, You want my hands? Oh my gosh! You want me to bring sacrifice of praise? This is good little Bible study that we're doing. All right, here it is: Uh, Psalm fifty-seven, seven to ten. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. This is David again. This is a guy, listen, when you read David, this is a guy that knows what moves the heart of God. He spent time with him. Okay? And we read this, and there's this, this guy, he's like a Bible scholar, his name's Nathan Finocchio. And I, a lot of this stuff, man, a lot of this stuff is stuff that like he's preached. And I'm, but he, he, he said this about this verse. I've always, I've read that verse before. And every time I read it, I'm like, man, you really want us to sing for you, God. You really do. But I actually don't think that that's what he's saying because he hasn't made all of us singers. Um, where like, uh, I think what he's saying is, like, so David is... Um, probably the best musician of all time, right? He he made instruments. He was an insanely skilled musician. David was like the Noah Stefano. Where is he? <laughs> David was like David was like our Noah Stefano. You know what I mean? The best musician, and um, and so he he what God's saying with this? What He's saying is not not everybody has to sing. Everybody has to praise. He's saying I want you to give me your best in worship. OK, I believe that God is actually saying it's not about the song. It's not about anything. It's about when you come, when you bring sacrifices or praise, don't give me the leftovers. You know, I have to do that all the time when I come home um, from work because I'll work and I'll be busy and I'll get home. And then my wife is so sweet. She always she say, Philip, you're, you're giving us the leftovers. And, and I have to repent of that. And we do that to God all the time. We do that to God all the time. We give him the leftovers and we give him all this other stuff. And we say, God, I don't, I don't know why you're not moving in my life. I don't know why I can't hear your voice and all that stuff. But we've given him leftovers. We've done what we want. <laughs> we've held back the things that make his heart moved. And we expect God to rub God like a genie lamp and get, get what, you know? Like, so why do I call people to worship? And why does that upset people so much? You know what I mean? It's because God actually wants you. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to pursue him. He wants you to give him hidden spring flowers. Okay, he does. He wants them. He doesn't care how you look in the process. And he's not faulted for it. Man, so when you come before God, give him your hands, give him your heart. Bring sacrifices of praise. Hey, every, today, if we get one thing, I hope that we get that your job title is priest and your responsibility is bring sacrifices of praise. If you get that, that's gonna be a win today. Um, but not only give him sacrifices of praise, I think uh, God wants us to bring the best. He doesn't want the leftovers. And so in your giftedness, like painting here, Like all this stuff, like that's, that's like giving God your best. You know what I mean? Like some people it's songs, some people it's poetry, some people it's um, administration. You know what I mean? But give him the best, you know? And so those are some really cool things. One other thing that I do when I am, um, when I'm at a worship service is, and this is the last little note, And then I want to get the band up here in a second. We're going to give Jesus sacrifices of praise. It's going to be so much fun. Um, One thing I do is this. Every time I come to a service, this is my routine. I say, I know you, God. You know me. And I I do this every time. I'm standing here and I say, what do you want from me today? You know that we can actually ask God what, what he wants from us and that he actually wants to tell us what he wants You know, so some days I'll get here and I'll just give him my hands because I don't know what else to do. Oh, give me hands, give you my my feet, give you my knees. I just do that because I know. But then some days God speaks to my heart and says, grab a flag, grab one of those flags and wave the flag. And some days he speaks to your heart and says, I want you to jump up and down for me. And you do it, you know, one way that we can, find what moves the hearts of God, heart of God is to actually start understanding his voice, listening to his voice. And I hear this all the time. Philip, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I can't hear it. I can't do it. I can't, he doesn't speak to me like that. I can't recognize his voice. And it might be the enemy. It might be the enemy. And I'm listening to the enemy. And then I'm a little enemy puppet. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. I never, I, Carrie doesn't even have to talk and I know what she's thinking. Okay, 19 years I've spent married to her. Okay, with Jesus. If you're having trouble hearing his voice, this is going to be a little stingy. Stop talking and listen to him for a change. Okay, and uh, and spend a little time with them. Okay, it's very, very simple. Okay, like (laughs) when we're at a party or something, if someone, if something, Carrie's not into it, she doesn't have to say a word to me. She, I know. And I move us out of that thing. If I'm ever at your party and I move us out, it's because Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As a joke. As a joke. But no, but for real, guys, like. Like, let's not overcomplicate this. Let's not overcomplicate this. I just did a quick study and I stumbled through it. Who cares? Here's the thing. God is is accessible, okay? We can get in here and know about him. If you're having trouble hearing his voice, listen. If you you don't know what he sounds like, maybe you've never even encountered him. You're trying to recognize the voice of a person you've never met. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, (laughs) Maybe it's time, right? Maybe it's time to get to know God. And maybe it's time for the church to start acting like what they were created for. Stop being mad at people for, for, for walking in what God's called them to do. Stop being frustrated. If you, you know that sometimes you can be frustrated and really it's conviction. You know, sometimes like you can be like mad at somebody like Nathan, how dare you say that? And really it's God saying, that's all That's you. That's you. And so, church, let's simplify this thing. Let's simplify this thing. Jesus, what do you want? What do you want? God, what, what do you want? Okay, I, I can't hear your voice. I'll give you what I know you like. Simple. I'll give you my hands. Okay. God, here they are. Here they are. Here they are. I'll give you my heart. I'll be a priest. And I'll offer a sacrifice of praise even when it hurts. And I'm going to listen to your voice. I'm going to know. I'm going to hear it. I know I'm going to hear it. Here's this in James 4. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. You see? We're not offering this stuff and he's not leaving us just smiling. He promises in the Bible and God never breaks promise. He promises to meet you when you draw close to him, meet you. I hear this all the time. I don't feel close to God. And my thought is always, you're probably not. You should draw close. probably aren't. That's on you. (laughs) Guys, if the church would understand this. If the church, if this church in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania understand that you are a priest, that you're not waiting for a worship team to lead you in a good song, you're ready to send sacrifices of praise to the very throne room of heaven. If the church would realize that my job is not to feel right and then worship, my job is to worship and then feel right. If we would realize it would change this town It would change this region. I promise you, this many priests would change a whole nation for Jesus. This many. I promise you. And so, yeah, I'm a little passionate and I'm not great with my words. And I say things sometimes that I shouldn't have said, but God still loves to use it. And he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. We were on our way back from um, Kansas City. We were doing a, through lead and worship there. How are you, buddy? Come on. And uh, I was in the car and all these people, they were going through, in our text thread, they kept saying things like bet. Like all this like new terminology. That's you here, uh, Reed, whatever your name is. I love you. Mwah. And then someone was saying oh cat or no cat? Cat, no cat." they were saying all these like new words and then someone said she and i and i was into it i didn't know what it meant at all you like that i didn't know what it meant at all so i i started asking i started asking the whole group i'm driving i'm like what does no cat mean and they're like it means i even forget what you said oh it means it means i'm not lying am i right and then, and then I started using it, and everyone was getting like, "Why? Are you, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, uh, we should go to the, uh, we should go to that gas station. No cap." <laughs> and then every time someone would say something, I'd be like, "Bet, bet." And then all of a sudden, like someone was talking, and I was like, I was like, uh, they were like saying something cool, and I was like, sheesh, <laughs> And it was really bad. And then and my, my daughter, everyone's there, and then Tegan, Tegan's in there, and she yells in the back, she says, Can you please stop overcomplicating this? And I think that's what God's saying to us this morning. Would you stop overcomplicating it with me? Don't act like you don't know me if you never took the time to know me. Don't be scared or, or upset because you can't hear the voice of God if you haven't shut up long enough to listen to it. Okay, like if you don't know what to do, give God what he likes. Give him your hands. If you don't know what to do, offer a sacrifice of praise. If, if you're feeling good, worship him. If you're feeling bad, worship him. You're a priest. You're not a bank teller. You're a priest. That's secondary. I'm not a worship pastor. I'm a priest. That's how I made it. And so we just step into it come on church I haven't been perfect you know, man I really, I haven't lived like like I've lived a life, honestly if you could sum up my journey with God it'd be simple, it'd be run, run, run baby, run, run, run that'd be it, that'd be the title of it because my dad was a pastor my brother was madly in love with Jesus and I just didn't want it so I ran, 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 ran and then out of guilt I went to Bible college and then I dropped out Okay, and then I went to school to be a record producer and then and I got my degree in that. Four years of college, an associate's degree. I was Mr. Runny Man. Okay? And then somewhere along the line my brother comes back from Chicago and and I I uh, I I started to see man I, I am called to do this. Like he he Nathan like what a great man, what a great man to follow. You know, and I man I am called to do this. And so I got back into to to, um, being a pastor. And it was cool, you know, and, and I was learning, and we had a youth ministry that had three hundred something kids in it, and it was awesome. And the whole time, in the back of my heart, I kept thinking this was the next step for me to get to something else. And so I became a pastor, and I became this, and then I realized that I was using every single person in my life. I'm just being honest, using every single person in my life to get the goal that I wanted for myself, and I wasn't building anybody up, and that's how I did ministry. And then I left ministry. Okay, we started Providence, and I left. I couldn't. Be here. I just, I wanted to do the band thing, okay? Uh, A couple years, I don't know how many years, it feels like, I don't know. It it was some time. (laughs) I come back to God, and I say, I say, God, yeah, I think I am called, you know? But here's the thing. I I just knew God, and I knew God is like a guilt. I would come back to Him out of guilt, and I was a pastor, and I would operate out of guilt, and I would come back to Him, and this and then one thing I liked is that I loved music more than God I really did and that's why like I can be up here and I can share about what God's doing with the ministry and it doesn't mean anything to me just mean Jesus means it Jesus means everything and I would use ministry as a way to get famous and I would use ministry as a way to build my platform and I would use ministry as a way to um to do music full time and then one day a Haitian man walked into my life man he had a thick accent and he wouldn't take his eyes off of me and it scared me, it freaked me out and then one time he came to me and he said Philip he said like this, Philip that's how he talked and I said yeah buddy what's up and he said, he said do you want more and I said man I really do want more I don't know what I'm doing I want more and he said, "He said, read the book of Acts, and meet. This is good, right? Meet me in your office next Sunday." And I said, "You are weird and Haitian, and I love it. <laughs> I will read your book of Acts, sir, and it will be beautiful." So I did. I read book of Acts just wanting more of God. That was it. I didn't have any special thing I said. I didn't do anything. I just read it. And all of a sudden, when I read the book of Acts, everything in it came alive to me. I've been a pastor for years already. I've spat in the face of Jesus, not like anything like brutal, but I lived selfishly and I raised up selfish ministry, okay? And then one day I decided I wanted the more of God. That's all I said. And then he gave it to me. And what happened was I read this and I came into my office with this Haitian guy. Tyler was there. Tyler and I have been doing ministry for a long time. And he said, you want the more? And I said, yeah. He said, you believe everything that God did in Acts? I said, yeah, I do. It's awesome. And then he prayed for me. He said, fire. That's all he said. And I went out so hard. I I met the guy I served for the first time. I met the man, I met the man, Jesus, the guy, not the cosmic force, I met the man, and it was more than enough, I stood up that day, I stood up that day over 10 years ago, as a changed man, the first thought I had is, who can I raise up? And I started a journey raising up musicians. See, we didn't get a ministry of 15 musicians and 16 worship leaders by chance. We got it because God showed up and, and did his thing. And every step of the way, I, 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 I've been burdened to use, like, To have me be the stepping stone for other people's ministry and he's built something and he wants to build it for you and he does it's not because I was a pastor it's because I said yeah I want more that's it that's it and all this stuff man this is good we're going to learn we're going to grow man God's going to do stuff at Providence that man it gives me chills to think about he's going to use you for it but here's the thing One encounter with Jesus. One encounter with Jesus was more, more than enough. Man, I've had other ones since then, but when I was filled with the Spirit, when I went out, when I met the man I talked about, it was enough. And today, listen, this sounds cliche or whatever. I don't know if that's the word. I'm not good with words. But listen, today, It does not matter how far you've been. It doesn't matter if you're the most stoic person in the world. It doesn't matter if you've done things that no one can even dream about. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff. What matters is you today saying, I want to meet the man. I want to meet the man. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you don't know how to start this journey. Today, you can start the journey by saying, I want to meet the man. I want to meet him. And then you can go to the scripture and learn all about him. What a journey to learn all about Him. And you're going to find out what hidden flowers He likes. And it's going to be special. It's going to make you feel weird. But it's going to be God. And you're going to know God. So you're going to be okay with it. Today, come on, I just want, here's what I want to do. I'm over time, man. I'm sorry about that. But I want, I want the, the prayer team to come up. Here's what we're going to do. I believe when God's moving on your heart, it's time for the church to put feet to what is going on in your heart, and that's okay. So prayer team, here's what we're going to do. Today, today, Lou, if you're okay with it, uh, there's people here that um, need an axe encounter today. There's people here that have never met the man. And if that's you, I want you to come over here. Are you okay with this? To Lou, if you want to be received, be filled with the Spirit today for the first time, if you want to encounter the man, I want you to line up over here with this crew. If today you just want to respond and say, I know you, God, I have all of this, I have, and I, I just need you in a deeper level, I want you to come forward. You know that altar calls aren't so that pastors can count how many people responded to their message. It's so you can respond to God, okay? God designed it, all right? so that, So that when he moves in your heart, you, there's an action that comes. And some people need to come forward. Some people need to get on their knees. Some you need to do all that. And man, we are over time. And I am so sorry. But Jesus is in the house. And today I want to tell you, if you want the more of God, he wants to give it to you. Okay? If you want the more of God, he wants to give it to you. If you've been stuck in the same place for too long, he wants to give it to you. If you want new desire for him, he wants to give it to you. And so today, if you just want that, come forward. If you want to be filled with the Spirit today, if you've talked about him long enough and you're ready to encounter him for real, that's your spot. If you just want to come here and meet with God again and rededicate your life and and all that, this is your place. Is that good? So, Jesus, listen. Jesus, man. Can I just say this? We repent. We repent. God, we've lived for too long where we made everything about us and we repent. We repent, God. When we give you our hearts. In this place, come on, we're going to respond. We're going to respond. Obviously, if you have to get your kids, Go get them. But we're going to respond today, right, church? Jesus, we respond to you. So come on, this is your time. This is your moment. Come on, don't be afraid of it. It's God. It may look a little funny because I think God kind of likes that. Let's respond to Him. Come on. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org.